your pastor's favorite kind of car? I don't know. A Chrysler? A, a convertible. A convert, a convertible. Ah. Yeah, that's Jesus' favorite Chrysler. car is a Chrysler. Nice. Yeah. yeah, good job. That's good. So awesome. With the, with the, Give him a yeah, hand. Jesus joke. What was, what was that really good one? The receding hairline is the winner of the day for me. All right, who who do y'all want? Do, uh, do, do we have a winner? Are we? All right, by by a round of applause, who thinks it's Brother Trace? Sister Liz. Uh, what was the first joke too? What was the What was the first one you did? Ruthless. That was a good one. Yeah. That. What was Brother Trace's best one? He had a good one. That was a good one. That was a good. One. Okay. All right. Y'all sit down. The sign one was a good one. I had to think about that one for just a second. But that receding hairline. That's the winner of the day. <laughs> yeah. You're done. You don't have the mic anymore, okay? You're finished. <laughs> I want to, uh, now Now maybe we'll get spiritual for just a minute. I want to read Psalm chapter 37, verses 12 and 13. And this is important to me because this is the text I used on Easter Sunday. And I really did not get to preach the message that I wanted to preach because we were roasting outside on Easter Sunday. So I'm finally going to get to finish my Easter Sunday message just a few days afterwards. Today, I want to preach L-O-L. L-O-L. Those of you that text, you might know that that means laugh out loud. And if you use that when you're texting and you did not laugh out loud, you are a liar. <laughs> No, it doesn't count. You can't. If you use LOL, that means laugh out loud. You have to laugh out loud. That's cheating. But today, this does not mean laugh out loud. Instead, I want you to adopt this statement right here. The Lord out laughs. The Lord out laughs. And this is how we're going to apply this today. Psalm 37 says, The wicked plots against the just and gnashes upon him with his teeth. But verse 13 says, The Lord shall laugh at him, for he sees his day is coming. So no matter how bad your situation is, no matter how dark the night, no matter how hopeless no matter how big the giants are, I want you to know that the Lord gets the last laugh. So the Lord not only outlasts, he outlaughs the enemy. I want us to lift our hands right now. I believe somebody's going to leave this place with some fresh hope, fresh faith in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask you right now, to let the winds of your spirit just blow upon us. Let all discouragement leave this place. Oh, yes. Oh, hallelujah. Faith arise right now. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It doesn't matter. How loud the enemy is laughing at you. 
the enemy does not get the last laugh. LOL, the Lord outlaughs. And the Lord will get the last laugh. I want to talk to you about LOL for just a few minutes. The enemy does not get the last laugh. Let's look into the New Testament for just a moment here. In Matthew chapter 9, this story is also found, for those of you taking notes and keeping score, it's found in Mark chapter 5 and Luke chapter 8 as well. And this is the man that we sometimes call Jairus. I don't know where we're getting that pronunciation from, there, but Jairus. I'm sure all of us are pronouncing it wrong, but I'm going to say Jairus. And uh, this is the, the, the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus. And he has a daughter on death's door. She is right there about to pass from this life. And he comes to Jesus. And he begs Jesus, please come and help my daughter. I can only imagine having a child that that is... She is that close to passing from this life. And I can't imagine the pain and the heartache and the punch and the gut. Perhaps it's not a physical death, but those of us maybe spiritually, we have loved ones that they're floundering and they're, they're lost and they're confused. And we are just reaching and hoping, God, save them. Lord, reach for them. Whatever the situations might be, however you might apply it to your own life, we come here even on a Sunday morning because we know that, Lord Jesus, without you, we have nothing. Without you, Jesus, we have no hope. Without you, we're not going to make it. And so we come here on this Sunday morning to worship the Lord and to cry out to him yet again, Lord, we need your help. Lord, it's me standing in the need of prayer. Lord, it's me standing in the need of intervention. Can anybody relate? There's something going on that's out of your control. It's beyond your, your ability. Your finances, your, your, your control, your power. In Jesus' name. And so he goes and, and falls before the Lord Jesus. And Jairus calls out to him, Lord, I need you. Lord, we've got to have you. Please come and heal my daughter. Please, even now, come right now. I know that you can enter. I know you can do it, Lord. Is there anybody that, that does believe that, that there is nothing too hard for the Lord? Not out of, of cheerleading or rhetoric, but do you believe that, that the Lord can do anything? Do you believe that? We've we got to start with that. There is nothing too hard for him. Nothing too hard for him. And why he moves in some ways and why he moves in others, I don't know. But I do know this, that there is nothing too hard for him. There's nothing too hard for him. And just because one situation did not work out the way I thought it should does not change the fact that he can do anything. And there are some people here, we got to start with this. You got to keep going back to Jesus. You got to keep going back to Jesus, whether it worked out the way you thought it should or it did not go the way you thought it would. You've got to keep going back to Jesus.
Believe it or not, he does all things well. He knows the end from the beginning. And as we are going through uh, this life and we are trying to put the pieces of this puzzle all together, there are some pieces of this puzzle that it's dark. It's dark. And have you ever put a puzzle together and like several of the pieces, they, it's just like, well, how does that, it's just so dark and it doesn't even, you know, there's no shape or form. And you've got these pieces and these portions of our life that they are very dark. And how does this fit in with a the plan of God? And how could this even be something that uh, would be allowable by the Lord? You ever been there where you've had those questions? Come on, get real now. Tell the truth. You've questioned and you've been concerned and you've prayed and you've argued with God. And yeah, hello. It happens. And where, where does this, this happen? And where does this come from? And we use the scripture in Romans chapter eight, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. And we, we use this and it's true. We know that all things work together for good. It does not state, hear me. It does not state that all things are good. There are some situations in life that are so bad, that seem so unfair, that it's very dark seasons. Every, please hear me, every situation is not good. Every day is not rainbows and sunshine. But what the scripture says, we know that all things work together for good. Somebody needs to hear that right now. All things in themselves might not be good. But when your trust and confidence is in the Lord, when you hold fast to his unchanging hand, we understand that he can take all of the pieces and bring them together for a good outcome. That is why the psalmist can say, hey, you know, David, he's running for his life. He's hiding in the caves. He's, he's being hunted by King Saul. He, he goes through some dark seasons, but he reaches the end of his life and he's able to say, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. I ain't, I, I, this ain't nothing to do with my notes right now. I'm trying to help someone in the Holy Ghost. He is able to say, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. Well, you had some bad days, David. I know. But as I look throughout the, the pages of my life story, as I look at all the pieces of this puzzle, I'm able to see that God was using even Hey, hear me right now. I used, God was using even those dark seasons to work it out for my good. And so now as I sit on the throne of Israel, I can see God used it for good. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging. But are there any elders in the house that you live for God for a couple days now, a couple years, a, a couple decades, and you're, you're able to say, I've looked over the course of my life, and I can tell you that God is faithful. God is good. God is just. And while we don't understand all of his ways, we can look and say all things work 
together for good. Uh, it starts with you got to keep going to Jesus, Jairus. You can't cross your arms when, 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 it, when people get sick and you lose the job and the finances dry up and the reports aren't coming in the way you want to. Jairus, you don't you know, cross your arms and forget it and leave the church and you know, cuss the pastor and run, run out and say, oh, that's what serving God gets you. No. Jairus knew what to do when things got rough. I've got to find the master. I've got to find Jesus because he is the one that can answer this question. Saint of God, that's what we got to do. New convert, that's what you got to learn to do. Because when you first start serving God, when you first get the Holy Ghost, I don't know about you, but when I first got the Holy Ghost, man, it was all good. The preaching was all so revelatory and wow. Maybe you have felt that way a couple times. You started coming to church, got filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, received a miracle. Something new started happening. Wow. Everything he preached was straight from the throne room. Every song was sung directly to your situation. Right? A couple of y'all being honest today. But then you start living a life a little bit. <laughs> and that new car smell wears off. <sighs> and, yeah. and, and then the pastor uses the same story he used a couple months ago. Heard that before. <laughs> Wish they'd sing a new song. Didn't shake my hand today. Uh, didn't, didn't. <sighs> wonder, wonder if we're going to hear something new. Finally, go on. Boy, I'm preaching right today. Woo! <laughs> I, I know I'm on it whenever everyone's with me or when everyone's quiet. It's like, just don't make eye contact. He'll move right on. <laughs> you know, the new car smell wears off. And I, and I tell people here that get the Holy Ghost and they're, they're new in God. I, I tell them, listen, you need to expect it. There's, there's going to come a season when it moves from excitement to commitment. Somebody needs to jot that down somewhere. Your, your maturity will begin to go from excitement to commitment. And so I don't just show up to church because I'm going to get something from God. I show up because it's the right thing to do. And so whether I get something or more likely as a seasoned saint contribute something, I'm there. Woo, thank you for that hand clap, Brother Trace. I needed that. We're committed. We show up. We're involved. And so we, our, our, our maturity causes us to know where to go. We know where to go, Jairus. When things get bad, we don't sit home from church. My faithfulness to the kingdom of God, my faithfulness to my personal devotion is not contingent on blessings. I had not even gotten to the notes yet. People, we need to be afraid right now. It might be a long one. <laughs> Somebody needs to take a lap right now and just tell me. <laughs> My faithfulness is not contingent on a blessing. It's not contingent on a blessing. I show up when things are tough. We show up when things aren't going our way. This is not Santa Claus. You know, we don't just show up here to get a blessing. 
you know, we, we, this is, if, if I never receive another financial blessing or, or if I never get another physical healing, you know, that I'll miss it, but I'm not serving God for that. Right? That's not what we're ser- serving God for, right? Right? Mature saints, that's not what we're serving God for. And so Jairus teaches us what to do when things get tough and when sickness occurs. And it seems like all the world around you is falling apart. What do you do? Find Jesus. What do you do? Whenever you and your spouse are at it, you find Jesus. When you don't have answers, and you, what do you do? You go to church. You get in the Word of God. You go to prayer. You find Jesus. You begin to seek after his spirit and you run to him. And so Jairus finds him and says, Master, I need you. Master, we got to have you. Please come to my house and save my daughter. And Jesus, being good like he is, says, let's go. And they start on their way to get the miracle. But along the way, another interruption occurs. Another interruption occurs. And so, so, so now it's, Jesus with Jairus, but now somebody else comes along and says, wait, Jesus, just one minute. I know you're needed over here, but we need you over there. And the attention of the master is drawn to another situation. And someone else seems to get preferential treatment. What does Jairus do? That's not fair. Passed me by. No, Jairus, I I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's going, wrap it up, hurry up. Whatever he did, though, he didn't take his ball and go home. He didn't wad up his Bible and throw it down. No. (laughs) And in that moment, what you find is while Jesus is healing over here, bad news is coming from over there. Back home, they, they come and they say, she's dead and it's too late. And they, what, what is the wording that is used in this passage? You can sit down. I'll come find you in a minute. The, the wording is trouble, not the master. <sighs> that's what it says in Luke chapter 8, verse 49. Trouble, not the master. And that's what the enemy wants us to do. Don't, don't, don't even bother. It's over. Don't, don't even try. It's over. Tr- trouble, not the master. But that's exactly what we need to do. We need to trouble Jesus. Not, not in a problematic and not in a rude or ugly way, but there's got to be something inside of us. We as the people of God, we are excited. We are urgent. We are expectant. We are passionate. We are the ones that, oh, I, I've got to get to that altar. I, I've got, I, I teach people, listen, it doesn't matter if you're single and I'm talking about marriage. Come to the altar. Doesn't matter if we're talking about raising kids and you don't have any kids. Come to the altar. You got to have this inside of you where you're constantly knowing where to go. And I, I'm going to get something out of this. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I've got to get a hold of Jesus and I've got to touch him. And I've, I've got to knock until it's open. Remember that message from last week. I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep coming until the answer shows up. And so Jairus does not just give up. He says, no, no, I, I know it might look bad right now. But I'm going to get Jesus into my situation. I'm going to get him into my house. And so Jairus leads Jesus to his house. And there Jesus proclaims she's not dead. 
She's sleeping. And get this picture. You can read it for your homework. I'll just uh, paraphrase for you. Everybody there, they're, they're, all, they're all crying. <laughs> Give me a good cry, Brother Angel. He does that really good, huh? <laughs> they're all crying. She's dead. The mourners, they've all come together to cry and sing the blues. And Jesus makes the proclamation. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. Just, just hang on. Let's, let's not cry just yet. And the same people that are crying because of the loss that Jairus has experienced, they can cry with him over something that's bad, but they can't believe with him for something that's good. You put a post on Facebook about a problem. Everybody will weep with you and cry with you. Talk about a blessing and something you got and chirp, chirp, chirp. They'll, they'll cry with you over, over the bad thing, but they can't believe with you for the good thing. And these people start laughing. <laughs> Give me your best fake laugh right now. <laughs> They're laughing. They're laughing. And these are friends, but I would dare say these are also enemies. These are enemies. And there are people in our lives, we've got to be careful what we label them. Are, are they a true friend if they can't help get you to Jesus? Are they a true friend if they're going to mock your faith? Are they a true friend are, if they are going to... Dot, 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 fill in the blank for your situation. What kind of counsel are they giving you? <laughs> it's over. Yeah, you're right. It's horrible. Leave her. Go. It's good. Give up. <laughs> They'll cry with you, but they can't. They can't believe with you. And so they're laughing, but they don't get the last laugh. Because what does Jesus do? Jesus, it says, cast them out. Mark 5.40 says it this way, when he had put them all out. And that phrase right there, it can be translated as yes to cast out or to drive out. Or my favorite is this, to eject. I, I see like, you know, an eject button in a car where suddenly they're, they're laughing and he... Boom, hits the eject button. Cartoon-wise, they just get cast out of that place. You know, that's what you got to do. There's some things and some people you just got to hit the eject button on in life. <laughs> they're, they're squashing your faith. Killing your relationship with God. and They'll, they'll sing the blues and help you be depressed but they can't help you rejoice. You got to learn to hit the eject button so that Jesus can move. That's some of our problem. The people that are whispering into our ears, whispering into our spirits, and we can't believe. You got to hit the eject button on that thing so faith can rise up. How come you are so depressed? How come you are? Come on, ask yourself, how come I'm thinking this way? How come I'm talking this way? How come I'm believing this way? Whose words are coming out of my mouth? Yeah. 
You got to hit the eject button. Get the doubters. Get the downers. Get those out of the way. And Jesus cast the laughers out. And there he spoke over that dead situation. And she that was dead came springing back to life. What we learn time and time again through every biblical account is that what seems too late for man is right on time for our God. We used to sing it. He's an on-time God. Oh, yes, he is. He's an on-time God. Oh, yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Well, he's an on-time God. Oh, yes, he is. She that was dead came leaping up and came back to life. And you see it how you want to. But LOL, the enemy and the friends did not get the last laugh. Our Lord outlaughs everyone. I'm sure he was a gentleman and a scholar. But I know those disciples weren't. Walking out of that house after the miracle occurred. A little pep in their step. Looking at him. Told you. <laughs> told you that, that's that's my jesus that's my that's my savior that's that's what he does and our lord gets the last laugh so we've got to learn that no matter how dark the night and as horrible as some of the situations as you great people of god are facing don't throw in the towel and don't just give up on it just yet Hit the eject button on the doubt. Get rid of the depressed voices that are speaking death in your life. Eject the naysayers and let Jesus have his way. Our God gets the last laugh. Can you imagine the eyes of those laughers? It's over. There's no hope here. Seeing that? And a smile comes across the lips of Jesus. <laughs> Our God gets the last laugh. Psalm 2, chapter 2 and 4. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, hear it, and against his anointed. The enemy is planning and plotting against the people of God. Yeah, you're under attack. Yeah, we're facing hardship. Yeah, there are things that would come against us. But this is what it says. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Verse 4. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. That big King James word derision there is a laughing mockery. Where the Lord is taunting the enemy. Makes me think of uh, Elijah with, against the prophets of Baal. As the prophets of Baal are hey, uh, hey, uh, ho, 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 trying to call down their, their, their false god's fire. And nothing's happening. And, and the man of God is sitting there. 
Why don't you dance a little bit harder? Maybe your God's on a vacation. Maybe he's hard of hearing. Can you speak up just a little bit? And those people over there doing their best. Looking, making fools of themselves. And the man of God, and I believe the Lord is just laughing. Saying, give me a chance, and when you're done, watch what I'm going to do. And it happens over and over again where the Lord proves himself true, and the Lord comes through right on time, and he gets the last laugh. The Lord outlaughs the enemy. Hang on, child of God. Hang on, sweet man of God. Hang on, sweet lady of God. Stay faithful. Run to the presence of God. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. The enemy might be laughing right now, but L-O-L, the Lord outlaughs. Don't worry. The devil's not getting the last laugh in your story. Don't worry. He might be mocking and laughing right now. But you wait till our God rolls up his sleeves because he proves himself strong time and time again. Woo. There's so many verses about laughter. Psalm 59, verse 8. Uh, let me back up. Psalm 59, verses 5 through 8. I like this passage. You ought to write it down. Thou therefore, O Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to visit all the heathen. Be not merciful to any of their wicked transgressors. They return at evening. They make a noise like a dog and go around the city. Behold, they belch out with their mouth. I love the Bible. I'm telling you. Read and pay attention. There's some funny stuff in there. You got the enemy burping up here. (laughs) They belch out with their mouth. Their swords are in their lips. What are they doing? They're talking smack. Talking, just using the tongue like a sword. Burping up all kinds of junk from hell. That's what the enemy does. Just whispering. Mocking. Somebody, I hope you're paying attention because this is your help here today. Mocking you. Laughing at you. Telling you it's all over. But it ain't over because LOL, the Lord, outlaughs everyone. He gets the last laugh because it says, but thou, O Lord shalt laugh at them, thou shalt have all the heathen in derision. They might be laughing right now. You might be on the ropes right now, but you just stay in the fight because God is in your corner and he gets the last laugh. I hope someone's hearing me right now. I don't know how dark it is. I don't know how bad it is. I don't know what you're crying in your your big glass of chocolate milk about at night. I don't know what you're you're feeling. It's all over and we ain't going to have the money and we're not going to make it. And they're too far gone and everyone's mocking. Just hang on, honey. If you'll just serve God, if you'll just stay faithful to him, LOL, he's right on time and he takes care of his people. 
Oh, I feel faith trying to rise up in this place right now. And some of your doubts trying to squelch it. But you need to cast that doubt out right now. You need to hit the eject button on doubt. Hit the eject button on unbelief right now. I don't know how he's going to do it. But God is faithful. And he is able to take care of his own. He's never failed me. And he's not going to start failing me now. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. He's always right on time. Come on, how many of y'all could be real and say, you didn't know how it was going to happen, but God took care of a situation financially, physically. This room is packed full. This sardine can is packed full of living testimonies. And you see what happens is our miracle memory is short. God moves, but then our current situation becomes the worst situation of our life, right? What we're currently going through, there ain't no way. There ain't no way possible I can't make it through this. This is the end. I don't know how we're going to make it. No, all you got to do is remember the goodness of God. And if he did it before, he can do it again. He's going to get the last laugh. Well, they're too far gone. They ain't too far gone. Well, they serve God. I tried to raise them the best I could, but now they grew up to be a heathen. Just like Brother Ross. He was a heathen. Mama's trying her best to raise him. But he's he's just made a mess of his life. And no doubt the enemy was snickering. Brother, we got the pictures of him. I know you thought you were cool, man. Enemy laughing. (laughs) Ha ha ha, I got him. It's over for him. But the devil didn't get the last laugh. LOL, because where's Brother Ross now? He's in church. He's raising a successful family. His children are across the hall in children's ministry. LOL. God gets the last laugh. Come on. Oh, you ought to lift your hands right now. You ought to lift your faith right now. I don't know how dark the night is. I don't know who's laughing, mocking, or interrupting you. But you just need to hold on because God gets the last laugh. You aren't... Come on, weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming. Laughter is coming. Victory is coming. Come on, could you lift your hands right now? Could you lift your hands? I'm not quite finished, but could you stand to your feet if you're physically able? We can't let this moment pass us by. Come on, that's it. Shut your hands up right now. Come on, Jairus. Run into the presence of God. Say, I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe God can. I believe God will. I know he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all I could ask or think. Oh, How many folks here have received some kind of financial miracle? Didn't know where the help was coming from. Didn't expect it. Didn't ask for it. But God brought it. Whether it was by check or I don't know who somebody drove up. But you didn't know where it was coming from. I have time and time again. And I'm expecting it again. Ha, ha, ha. How many of you here have received some form of a physical healing? This works. This is real. I want you to sit down. I got to finish this. I'm sorry. Or else we're going to be preaching an Easter message for months. LOL. The enemy does not get the last laugh. But my sweet brothers and sisters, you don't get the last laugh either. 
Let me talk to somebody for just another moment that you've been praying about it for a while. Or maybe you ain't praying about it anymore. You aren't even hoping for it anymore. Somebody tries to encourage you about the good possibilities of God, and it's almost laughable. Yeah, right. <laughs> Chuckling and doubting your way through life like the things of God are not true. I'm telling you, God is wanting to perform a miracle here in us today. Do you believe in miracles? You believe? <laughs> God wants to do a work. He's, he still performs miracles physically, spiritually, emotionally, for individuals, and for people collectively. <laughs> Let me just wrap this up with this. Genesis chapter 18 records the day that the Lord visits Abraham and says, I'm going to give you a child. All right, uh, Sarah, hiding, I want you to get this picture, hiding in the back of the room, listening. And, and it was fine when the Lord was saying, I'm going to bless you and increase you. Yeah, hallelujah, woo, I'll take a blessing. When it was more, it wasn't completely defined. And I find that we're like that. We're, we, we can believe in, you know, like vague things, you know. Yes, God can bless. But then when, when it starts getting real specific, I've had it where, where men of God have stepped to this pulpit and started prophesying to people. And, and then everybody wants to, you know, and it gets a little specific. And they're like, whoa, hold on now, wait. What's the problem? I thought we, we believed in this. What's the problem? Making it a little uncomfortable now that it's starting to get a little specific? <laughs> and so the Lord brings clarity in this situation and says, I'm going to give you a child. 100-year-old man, 90-year-old lady, and God says, you're about to give birth. You're about to bear fruit. You're about to be productive. And what does she do? <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm going to have a baby. Oh, yeah. We're going to we're going to make uh, we're going to get a raise financially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that loved one's going to come to church. <laughs> See, it starts it starts getting specific and the Lord starts revealing things. Let me tell you, the enemy does not get the last laugh. But neither do we. <laughs> because the Lord says, "Why are you laughing?" What are you laughing about? You think this is too hard for me? You think the situation is too impossible for me? Let me ask you, what are you laughing about? God's going to use me. Yeah, prophesied God's going to use me to bless others. <laughs> I'm going to teach Bible studies. I'm going I'm I'm to uh, you know, help at, with a missions project. <laughs> yeah, so insane. What are you laughing about? Come on, Sarah, what are you laughing about? God is wanting to do something. God is wanting to work. And I believe more than just even blessings. Yeah, Abraham and Sarah were already being blessed financially. But the Lord was saying, you need some fruit. And I want to make you productive. I believe in, even for this church, God has been so kind. Even with us dealing with the confines of our building problems and trying to get into a new building, we are still being productive. 
and we are still seeing higher attendances on Sunday than we had even when we were on Ohio Street. God is wanting to make us fruitful. God is wanting to make you productive. God, stop laughing. Stop rolling your eyes. Get the doubt out of your heart. Get the doubt out of your spirit. What is impossible for man is not impossible for God. And so the Lord visits Sarah as he said. This is Genesis 21 verse 1. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. And Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. It just keeps rubbing it, saying, you know, like, as I said I was going to, as I spoke it was going to happen, at the time when I said it was going to take place. And the miracle occurred, and Sarah did not get the last laugh. In fact, Genesis 21, 6, and Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. There was a change in the laughter. It went from, ain't ever going to happen. <laughs> Souls Harbor Road, Dunallen. Ever going to finish that building? Yeah, we're going to fill that up. And people are talking about another building. <laughs> so stupid. Can't even believe it. <laughs> God's going to bless it. God's going to bring them into the church. But suddenly, when the miracle occurs, the laughter changes. And it goes from mockery to wonder. How did he do it? <laughs> I can't even explain it. Wow. <laughs> God has done it again. LOL. The Lord outlaughs everybody. And that's what happened for Sarah and Abram. Everybody around them starts laughing in wonder. How in the world did God pull that one off? What in the world? <laughs> Doesn't even make good sense that an old lady and an old man could have a baby. Doesn't even make sense that somebody without that kind of an education could run that kind of a business. Oh, it's so crazy to think that a little church could sprout in that city and grow so large in such a short amount of time. The Lord can change the laughter. And brothers and sisters, we don't get the last laugh. He does. Stand with me right now. Psalm 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, the people of God. We were like them that dream. Some of us are getting our dream back. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. And our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. Wow. God is wanting to get the last laugh in your situation. God is able to move mightily and quickly. I used it last week and I got to use it again. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. As it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. What God is wanting to do, close your eyes right now. I want, you, I want you to get a picture of it. What God is wanting to do in your family is greater. It's bigger. It's, it's bigger and beyond what you have heard, seen, 
or even imagined. I don't know what's causing you to doubt. I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on. I don't know what's causing you to mock or to throw up your hands in frustration, but I'm here to tell you, L-O-L, God gets the last laugh, and the Lord is wanting to move and work here today, but you have got to come with faith believing, knowing that there is nothing too hard for our God. I'm going to invite you right now to lift your hands. And if you feel bold enough, if you, if you want to, to step forward in faith, there's faith here right now. There's power here right now. God's going to get the last laugh in your situation, in our church family. God gets the last laugh. Uh, that drug addict friend, that lost family member, oh, the enemy might be laughing. But hang on, honey. God's going to get the last laugh. It ain't over till it's over. Woo! Yeah. Come on, faith is rising in this place. The Spirit of the Lord is here right now. And you need to allow yourself to believe again. You need to allow yourself to have faith again. God is not finished. God is not done. Oh, he hears. He answers. Come on. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he always comes through. He's an on-time God. That's it. Come on. Get your voice up. Get your faith up right now. Oh, all thought it was over, but God came through. All thought you were going to be a backslider and die lost, but God was faithful. Oh, they said your marriage wasn't going to make it. But LOL, the Lord outlaps them all. Woo, yeah, come on, get your faith up. Uh, LOL, LOL. That's it, dear sister. That's it, good brother. Come on, God is good. God is faithful. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's an on-time God. He can do anything. He is our provider. Oh, yes. LOL. (laughs) Yes. Come on, you need to start looking for a miracle. You need to start expecting God to move. Get that negative talk out of your mind. Get those negative thoughts out of your your spirit. I believe God can do anything. I know that there's nothing too hard for him. <laughs> yeah, God is good. God is a provider. God can move. He can do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think. He is able to deliver. He's able to set free. Come on, that addiction might be laughing at you right now, but LOL, you're about to be delivered. That sickness might be mocking you, but LOL. (laughs) Hallelujah.
Yes. Yes. Yes, hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're about to take a moment and pray for some specific things. But before I do, let me just tell you this. If you need to sit down, you're more than welcome to. It won't hurt my feelings. February 1962, famous fight took place that where they got the idea for that uh, famous movie, Rocky, is Chuck Wepner against Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, the great champion, only knocked down four times in his entire career and only once as a champion. And it was in this fight that he was knocked down as champion. He's in the ninth round. By this man named Chuck Wepner. Knocks him down. And he famously goes to his corner. And says. Start the car Al. We're going to the bank. We're going to be millionaires. And his corner man said. You better turn around. And he said some other stuff I can't repeat. And he said because that guy's getting up. And he looks mad. <laughs> they look back over the footage. And what was partially a knockdown was actually Chuck Wepner stepping on a foot and tripping him up. That's what the enemy does, yeah. tripping, yeah. making it seem a whole lot worse than it actually is. That's what the enemy has done with you and your situation. Tried to make you believe it's all over. Start the car. We've got them beat. Start the car. We've got them whooped. Their family's going to be broke forever. They're going to be an addict forever. They're never going to be successful. We're out of here and we're victorious. But Ali did what Ali did. He got up and knocked the dude out and he went on to become the champion that everyone considers the greatest fighter of all time and just because you get tripped up does not mean that you are knocked out you have got to recognize the Lord gets the last laugh somebody ought to put your hands together right now oh I'm excited y'all the bigger the problem the greater the miracle Woo. hallelujah is there anybody here that you just, you don't really care what anyone else thinks at this point, but you recognize, I need God to LOL in my situation. You, you, you want us to pray together, believing. I want you to come up front right here. You, you want God to LOL. If you can, step forward right now. Hallelujah. If you're perfect and everything's going great in your life, hang on. You'll need an LOL eventually. But for now, I need your faith. And your brothers and sisters need your faith. Maybe you can't even put it into exact words. But you know that you need the Lord to cause some laughter. When the Lord turned their captivity, then we were like those that dream and laugh. Can you believe what God did? I don't even know what happened. It doesn't even make sense. LOL, y'all. Jesus' name. Here's what we're about to do. I'm going to ask you one last time to close your eyes. Brothers and sisters that are up front recognizing you need an LOL. I want you to focus your attention on that need, on that situation. Maybe you can't even put it into complete words, but I want us right now to focus our attention 
on the need at hand right now. I want us to begin to pray together and surrender that thing to God. In the name of Jesus, we're doing as Jairus right now and surrendering it to the Lord who does all things well, God. This is really big. It's really bad. Lord, there's stuff with this building. I still ain't got a clue. And we don't know what to do, God. We surrender this to you. We will fret not ourselves because of evildoers. Hallelujah. I want you to surrender that to the Lord right now. Come on. I want you to give it to God. Lord, take this. Take this thing. We don't know how it's going to work out. We're not sure what to do. We don't know the end from the beginning. Come on, I feel some miracles here, y'all. I want you to reach over where it's appropriate and begin to pray with that brother or that sister. Right now, we believe and know that you are able, oh God. We ask that you LOL in our situation. In the name of Jesus, all doubt be gone. You are now praying with faith, believing. It's going to work out. It's going to work out for good. Come on, I know I'm a little long-winded today, but the, the Lord's doing something. The Spirit of God's trying to do something. Yes! Come on, you ought to start rejoicing and thanking God for that healing. Thank you for it, Lord. Be healed. Be made whole. Be prosperous. Come on, y'all. I feel great expectation. Oh, God is up to something. I know there's some frustration. I know we don't know how it's all going to work out. But God is going to do something. God is going to move. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Austin. Come on, Sarah. The Lord's going to change your laughter. It's going to go from mocking to wonder. How did God do it? What in the world did God do? He did it again. He moved again. He worked again. Ta ta ya la